I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, pod people, and welcome to another meeting of the John Hegarty Fan Club, or to give the podcast its full title, Classic Ads from Simpler Times. This week, you'll hear how Enya cracked the shits with us over the Jean-Claude Van Damme Volvo advert review, where Tone suggested that she was from Scandinavia. The girl certainly has a bit of a potty mouth on her and may have overreacted a tad. You can judge for yourself shortly. Elsewhere, there's a lot of love for the actress universally known as Duckface, more speculation about the Queen's toilet habits, and some erotic anticipation on a canal up north. So join me, Steve Cook, and my co-host, award-winning advertising creative and TV ad director, Tony Williams, known not that one, the other one, as we break the habit of a lifetime and agree on something. Today's BBH love-in revolves around a 1993 TV advert for Boddington's Beer that parodies the world's Cornetto gondola ad by replicating it virtually scene for scene, but with a better a script, better talent, a better director, a better DOP, and a better location. The ad also improves on its Cornetto-based inspiration by featuring a swan, and of course, isn't for ice cream that tastes of 1970s bedsits and the disappointment of being rejected by your first true love at your best friend's sister's party when you were 14. Before we get into it, is there any chance at all that you could give us a review? Even one star would help fill the deep and empty reservoir of need that consumes our waking lives. Ta very much. Here's this week's show. Sorry, sorry. I haven't got creaky chair still. Oh, it's part of the podcast now, having the creaky chair. And it also allows you to drop your guts without anybody really knowing. That's why I reckon the Queen had corgis. What, so she could kick them? Pretend that they'd... Yeah, so if she, if she, oh, if no. she got fluffy off the chain, she could say, Philip, dear, could you let the dogs out? Oh, you're starting. Have you shit yourself again? It's funny because it's 1993 and the first bullet point I've got from 1993 is that the Queen announces that Buckingham Palace will open to the public for the first time. And that I, I was just thinking about um, your wealth of knowledge about the Queen on the shitter, about whether or not 
when they let the first visitors in, <laughs> they had to say, oh, we can't go in there for 25 minutes. <laughs> Why? We don't like to say. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's a right royal one in there. It's a royal flush. <laughs> you must have used that. Okay. Okay. Well, welcome back, Tones. It's 1993. It is. It's the noughties. No, 90s. 1993. 90s. Have we done 93 before? I don't think we have. We haven't actually already reviewed an ad from 1993, unless, of course, you count the very first episode where we looked at the Ambassador's Party ad for Ferrero Rocher. Duh. Because otherwise I would have remembered mentioning that Mr. Blobby was number one at Christmas. Noel Edmonds. I think you did, actually, when we were talking about other puppets. We're talking about puppets, yeah. Mr. Blobby. Uh, Noel Edmonds house party. Rick Astley retired from the music industry at the age of 27. I thought he was never going to give you up. How many records do you reckon he sold? Yeah, 335 million. Oh, that's close. 30.5 million? 40 million. Oh, final answer. In five years. That's all right. Uh, we were all watching Jurassic Park, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, were we? You've got a mail. You probably were. I don't think I saw that. How old were you in 1993? Um, I was uh, 21. 12, yeah. <laughs> Mental age. I was 21. <laughs> 21. We weren't watching Super Mario Brothers starring Bob Hoskins. Oh, it's good to talk. Was he? Was he? Did he? Uh, it's me, Mario. That must have been bad. Yeah, so that was the first attempt at turning a video game into a movie, and um, it got universally chat on. I'm going to look that up now. It's so bad I want to see it. But you can see Bob Hoskins, can't you? Without having watched the movie, you could see how he would be good as Mario. Yeah. With a little moustache and, yeah. and uh, his plumber's hat. Uh, this is a bit grim. The Oscars, this is like the grimmest Oscar list ever. Best film. Schindler's List. Oh, I tell you what, I saw that. They said, take a box of tissues. Was I disappointed? Schindler's List. Best actor, Tom Hanks, Philadelphia. Oh, I hadn't seen that. That was the AIDS movie, wasn't it? Yeah, sure. Which is fairly grim. Everybody dies. Yeah, really? Best actress, Holly Hunter, The Piano. I haven't seen that one either. Best Tin Finger. What's Tin Finger? Oh, you you haven't watched The Piano? No. Oh, I've just spoiled it for you. What's The Piano? She gets a Tin Finger. I stay (laughs) on I stayed in a hotel where it shot on the roof, I think. Oh, no, it's a play. Oh, yeah. Uh, meanwhile. Like, sorry, meanwhile. In Weatherfield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got nothing for you about Ken, so I thought I'd just chuck in a couple of incidental characters. Derek Wilton was the owner of the cabin news agent for a while. He installed a new light. Oh, Christ. Unfortunately, he drilled through the ceiling into the flat above. And he saw it Deirdre's knickers. And through... Straight through Reg Holdsworth's waterbed. He's a little old bloke with glasses, the miserable yep. one. Oh, brilliant. Yep. At the time, Reg Holdsworth was entertaining Maureen Naylor. <laughs> was he? Did you know Maureen Naylor? <laughs> no. In the waterbed. Really? Yeah. So he's probably thought he just wet himself. That's brilliant. Like, what a dramatic story. This is my favourite Coronation Street ever. Favourite cop story ever. Several days after frightening the Platt children by shouting at them on Halloween... Percy Sogden. Do you remember Percy Sogden or not? Yeah, I do. I know Very old flat cap. Flat cap, yeah. Whip it, the yeah. old nine yards. Yeah. Um, Percy Sogden, in a fit of remorse, cooked the children some parking and drops it around on bonfire night, Somewhat only to on. find that the Platt children are burning him in effigy <gasps> in the what? bonfire in the back He cooked them some what? <laughs> so he shouts at them on Halloween. Yeah, and he cooked them some what? Did you say parking? What's that? Oh, it's like a bonfire night uh, biscuit. Really? 
It's a delicacy at North. Is it? Aye. Well, because everyone went because it was free parking. So 1992 was a bit quiet for Ken Barlow, but I can tell you that 1994 is going to be an absolute belter. Can't wait. Let's I'm just going, find some I'm going to find an ad specifically so that we can look at 1994. A bit of housekeeping before we go on. Um, listeners will remember the Jean-Claude Van Damme episode, which is now subject to a copyright takedown. Why? From Enya. What did she say? And she, well, she's left a message, and I thought I'd play it. So this is her message about the takedown. Hello, hello, is this thing on? This is Enya here, Ireland's best-selling solo musical artist. And I have a message for you two dozy feckers from the Stupid Advert podcast. I was going to leave this alone, but I listened to the Jean-Claude Van Damme thingy. And one of you two said I was from fucking Iceland or something. I'm calling to put the record straight. I'm from County Donegal, you dozy fuck sticks. Anyway, so it's that kind of lazy, badly researched bollocks that gets me fucking back up. So I put the fucking copyright doodah on the YouTube thingy. So fucking stick that in your fucking bollocksing pipe. On a lighter note, Tony, Jean-Claude says to say hello. He's a big fan, apparently. He fucking loved that Toyota Hilux ad that he did with all the swearing in it. Anyway, boys, I'll swear in love and business. Maybe next time you'll get your fucking facts straight. Oh, and P.S. I was after bumping into John Hegarty in the pub on Friday. And after I told him what the feck was going on, he says to tell you he's not sponsoring the podcast after all and you can get to fuck. So then, that's me, Enya, Ireland's best-selling solo musical artist, signing off for now. Dara boys, sail away, you fuckwits. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Enya. Wow. So there you have it. That's Enya. <laughs> so uh, she was obviously, you know, she didn't even introduce herself. She just started screaming no, down the phone. Says, yeah, you will. She's, she's, yeah. So she obviously didn't, she didn't like the, um, the intimation that she was from Sweden or Iceland somewhere. Well, let it go. Anyway. Where is she now? That's what I know. Okay, this ad. Follow, <laughs> this ad follows. I thought you might, still on the line. I thought you might like that. One. That's brilliant. Um, this ad is from 1993, and it's it's part two of the Gondola series. <laughs> you have a little chuckle. Do you want to listen to Andy again? No, I think she sounds so familiar. It's just, it's, it's like, I mean, who is the? Um, she sounds sure it sounded a bit like Sinead O'Connor at one point. It's very close. This accent's difficult to tell, aren't it? It's like Enya, yeah. She did have a bit of a Northern Irish team. Well, yeah, well, that's where the Titanic was made. Whenever you ask and say, it's been really left here. (laughs) Oh, Enya, that's brilliant. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so 1993, uh, part two of the... Three ads would be a trilogy. What's two ads? Um, a, a duopoly? A, a, a duo? A um, duo? Short, one short of a campaign. Okay, two, so... Two ads would be brand extension entry to come. This is the second ad in our uh, Gondola series. Okay. And it is for... I don't think we have another one, do we? No. That's okay. why a trilogy would be nice, but we only have two. Okay. So uh, two Gondola ads. This is the second one. This is for Boddington's. Art directed by Mike Wells, copyrighted by Tom Hudson from my favourite advertising agency, Bartel Bogle Hegarty, who you were the creative director for in... I was actually a senior art director. Senior art director. In You must have been young. This is back when you were 14 or something. Yeah. 
Because, uh, yeah, because my age does go backwards. I was um, I don't know, this in my early days of Singapore when I was still fresh-faced and energetic and and all of that. So where were you in 1993? You obviously weren't at BBH. I just moved from England to Australia. So you weren't at BBH. Yeah. I was BBH in 1998. Um, they were probably still running this campaign, not this particular ad, but that campaign in 1998. Possibly. I, as I say, I think um, I worked with Guy um, in uh, in Singapore, and I think from memory he was the planner on it. Did you ever meet Jeff Stark? He was the director of the ad. No, I did not. But Mike Wells sounds familiar. Have we talked about Mike before? I think we have. Mm. Basically, this comes slap bang in the, in the magic decade for Bartle, Burgle, Hegarty. Anyway, the director of the ad was Jeff Stark who was the ex-creative director of Saatchi's. Oh. And he turned he director, and he did a lot of work for British Airways, surprisingly, since they were a Saatchi client. Yeah. RSPCA, Walls, Impulse, and Adidas. Funny, you say all those brands, and I can think of ads by them. You know, because mm. first, oh, Impulse, the, yeah, the, all of them. Yeah. Um, and it also features Duckface, which I was watching an old movie the other night, and she appeared in again. Really? The Man Who Knew Too Little. With Bill Murray. She seems timeless. She's um, top, toffee totty. She's haughty. So, and she's... can you remember? Her name is Anna Chancellor. It'll always be Duckface. Anna Chancellor, yep. She actually met her husband on the set of this ad. Did she really? Yep. I was watching the ad and I thought, you know what, this would be so much better as a Cornetto ad. It's, it's just <laughs> shot better. Even the talent, like, until they open their mouth, I'm thinking, this, this is what Cornetto should have done. That's a really good point. Uh, this ad is part of BBH's Cream of Manchester ad campaign, which ran from 1991 until 1999. Anthony, would you like to describe the ad for us? Well, yes, I would. Thank you, Stephen. Here's the ad. It's well worth a look on our YouTube channel, if only for the wide shot reveal at the end. It's, um, well, you'd be familiar with the Coronetto ad. We see a gondola and we hear an operatic track, which is... That's the one. And we see um, this guy in one very, again, it's exactly the same layout, the same um, story as the Coronetto. He's coming towards a, an attractive lady, Duckface, also in a gondola. And as I get closer, rather than having a cone in his hand, he has a pint of Boddington's. And just as he's going to get to that romantic bit, she just swipes it off him, takes a big gulp, foam on the top lip, and she goes, ah, bye, this is lovely. Or well, something like that. Bye. Something in Northern. Bye. I had to read the subtitles, gorgeous. to be honest. And then he says, that Gladys Orthol, um, she never buys her own. You missed one tiny detail. Did I? Which is the detail which got her the job at the audition. Well, I don't think we say that on air. What did she do? So she takes the big drink of Boddington's and then she wipes her mouth with the back of her hand and yeah. smears her lipstick, lipstick all over her cheek. That's what I meant with all the foam around her mouth. And, yeah. yeah. But it's um, it's great. It's it's very good. And then um, it ends up with 
Oh, sorry. And then there's a beautiful shot that, that reveals you're not on the um, canals of Venice. You're in like the canal in Manchester with a beautiful, it's a great shot. That end scene, it's too short because I think that sums it up and it says the, the cream of Manchester. And the lovely tiny detail at the end is the old lady who is dragging one of those shopping baskets. Oh, really? You know the one that old ladies always used to yeah. have with the two wheels? They always find the canals. Yeah, she's dragging it just down the, See, down the side of the canal. You miss these details when you watch stuff on YouTube and on devices. You really do. I think, you know, commercials and films are just going to be shot differently because people don't always watch on these huge screens. So this is, this ad is about as postmodern as you can get, isn't it? In that it is a direct duplication of the Walls Cornetto ad. Ten years later, wasn't it? Uh, that was 82? Or was it 82? It's about ten years, isn't it? That was it, so yeah, it was 82, so yeah. Shot for shot, it's a direct... But better. ...copy. The only... Uh, the gag, obviously, is that in the Cornetto ad, he steals her Cornetto. In the Bonington ad, she steals his pint. And then, obviously, you have the extremely funny reveal in the Bonington ad that it's shot in Manchester. It was shot on the Manchester ship canal. I don't know whether this is testament to how good, maybe, or supposedly good the Cornetto ad was, or whether the Bonington's ad takes... Yeah, an ad that everybody knows and elevates it into something different. Because it makes me think back to the Cornetto thing. Did we score it highly enough? Was it that, you know, profound? We always say that if people parody your, your ad, you've made it. But then if another ad parodies your ad, I mean, that's that's just transcends all sorts of awards and what have you, doesn't it? So, I mean, hands down for me, the Boddington's ad is, is way better. I know all I had to do was just glimpse at the Cornetto one to, to get the gags. I think they... Um, it's, yeah, they take it and then some. I suppose the, the question is, is the Boddington's ad just 10 years better? So the the industry obviously moved on in that 10 years. I mean, back in 1983, the era of Rod Allen. Rod Allen was still around. Rod Allen was still writing jingles. Yeah, I mean, technology and everything. But, you know, if they would, if they really wanted to stay true to the original Cornetto one, they would have made it look, you know, VHSC with yep. that, that sort of wide angle of the bloke staring into the screen. It did have the, the massive camera. amounts of Vaseline on the lens as well that the Cornetto had. It's, um, they, they would have like, tried to reproduce it. But I, no, I think it's, it's just overall shot better. It's tighter. It's, um, and then, you know, it's quite abrupt, isn't it, when um, she grabs a pint? It's, um, it just happens a split second before you're anticipating, you know, the, the Cornetto thing was going to pass. It's great. Everything's good. Timing. I wonder how many takes they had to do to get her to be able to snatch a pint out of his hand without spilling it all over herself. Well, I don't know, because you don't actually see too far, far below the waist, do you? I'm sure it's probably iced coffee and, and cream on the top, because you wouldn't want to be having that many pints. So this ad was 1993. We're two years into the campaign launch. I can't remember the launch ad. I wish I, can, I, I, wish I, I could. As no, you know, I can't remember it. beautiful prints. The print work was amazing, because it always yep. used to be on the back page of the face. Yeah. Um, the cream of Manchester, there was the ice cream, cream cake slice. There was the ice cream cone, the glass ice cream cone. Um, but yeah, I remember a lot of print work, but I don't remember any other TV except maybe the Pirelli guy chasing the ice cream van. Which came later, didn't it? Which was also a, a, a um, parody of the Pirelli ad, wasn't it? Within 18 months of the campaign launch, Boddington's was the best-selling can bitter in the UK. Was it the first one to do the widget thing as well? It had the because widget. Because I started drinking God, Your memory sometimes just absolutely blows me away. Well, it's away. funny because when I came to Australia, I started drinking it. And it was very expensive here mm. um, because it really was creamy. And if you didn't like bitter, you'd love, you know, you'd love this. So, yeah, I was in. I had the beautiful can design, everything. It just yeah. all worked. Inter- the interesting thing is Boddington stuck with BBH and gave them a bit of creative license. Six years into the work, brand recognition was at 84%. 
with no logo or brand name on the work. Really? So they were running press and outdoor works. This is six years in, though, so BBH had been at it six oh, years. Oh, it was so... But they were, they were running press and outdoor work with no logo and no brand name on it. They had a line, and the line was... Can the, you remember the line? The Cream of Manchester. The Cream of Manchester. Mm. But that was all... Because it was, was so all. iconic, wasn't it? Because it, re- it um, reflected the can, bright yellow can with that old sort of um, wood stamp sort of look they put into the... Yeah, very clever. 84% recognition with Amazing. no logo, no brand name. Mind you, the only other ads with yellow and black were either for Century 21 or Superglue. So which, which is a kind of a great testament to the yeah, art direction, isn't it? Absolutely, and the graphic yeah. design. Uh, the press work cleaned up at DNAD repeatedly. There isn't enough time for us to list every award that the press work got. B&H got Agency of the Year in 1993 and 1994 off the back of this work. And Boddington's got gold at the IPA Effectiveness Awards in 1994. Oh, the IPA. Institute of Practitioners no, no, and Advertising. The ale, I yeah. What does IPA stand for? Something pale ale? Um, Indian pale ale. Indian it? pale ale. Uh, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? No. It's, yeah, well, it does not say, get any better than that. There's not many ads that I have framed on my on my wall. Yeah. Because it's art, isn't it? It's art, love. They're amazing. So somewhere along the line, some there was a brief that said, make something out of the creamy head. Well, Can you I make guess. something out of the creamy head tones? Um, well, it's like, I suppose... I people, you could. It's <laughs> It's um, it's one of those things you probably have to drink a lot to experience it. They could have talked about the widget, but they didn't. Yeah. They could have talked about the heritage, but they didn't, because it really was creamy. It's as simple as that. It's nice when you have a product with the product truth. It makes making ads uh, easier, doesn't it? And because then obviously it, in, uh, is it northern vernacular or is it just vernacular? Cream is... The best, isn't it? I think cream of the places. crop. I suppose it's cream of the crop. Yeah, it's mustard. Not, yeah, it's not a northern thing. Yes, yeah, we use that too. Cream of the crop. Yeah, yeah. And so they've got be, the double meaning. They'd be fighting um, Guinness. Remember, there's a, that Guinness ad uh, probably a long time before this, where the blindfolded guy he takes a sip of Guinness and they he, and they said, "Tell us what it's like." He went, "Oh, it's creamy. Oh, it's smooth." And they said, "What do you think it is?" He said, "I don't know." They said, "It's Guinness." He said, "No, it's not Guinness. I don't like Guinness." After he was just enjoying it, so they had that to fight, right, about the bitter taste. Not that it was probably the same time or anything, but yeah. Oh, this chair. <laughs> I don't know if back or the chair. Just for a couple of seconds right at the, st- at the start of the ad, there's a bit of kind of erotic anticipation, isn't there? Because Anna Chancellor is a very good-looking woman. She is. And as I say, she never seems to age and she just keeps appearing. Maybe I'm just, you know, watching films from the same. So the very first time you watch that ad, it's slightly erotic. It looks like it's set in Venice. It looks like the kind of movie that you might watch on Channel 4 on a Friday night. With the pink triangle. Apparently they filmed it on the Manchester Ship Canal and had to use every light <laughs> in Lancashire and Yorkshire to, to get enough daylight to shoot it. It does look amazing. It's, it's so well um, art-directed as well. And that guy, just um, besides her, we keep talking about her, but the guy talent's brilliant. I mean, yes. I reckon his name's Ron. He drives a BMW. He's yep. probably in real estate. You know, it's, he's great because... You really don't want to like him. And he's got that. And at the end, you feel sorry for him. You're right. He's got that look. He looks like he's wearing Gucci or. And he goes, Wanker. <laughs> no, it's probably not Gucci. It's probably more like, you know, Armani um, Seconds or something, or Calvin Klein. But. Yes. Yeah. But that BMW. And he's got his hair all greased back. Yeah. And he, but you do, do like remember, him at the end. Do you remember what he says? What his line is? That Gladys Hill thought. She never buys her. She never buys her. But he, I love how he slips another can out from under his jacket. <laughs> and you do like him then. Actually, if I had a criticism, do you know any Gladys Hill thoughts? No. It sounds a bit 
stereotypical and a bit twee, like Gladys Orville. I think it's supposed to, though, isn't it? I mean, that, that, that's in the middle of the reveal of the Manchester Ship Canal. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? It, that'd be the only thing that's ever, you know, stuck with me. It's like Gladys, no one's ever actually called Gladys Orville. She doesn't look like a Gladys. It could have been like, you know, oh, that, that Margaret Davis or whatever. It's just how he's saying it. But that, that sort of pushed it over the, the edge a bit because until then I was believing they were in, you know, in gondolas on the... And so it all happens in the reveal, doesn't it? He pulls the extra can out... And then we go wide. There's the fisherman who is just basically avoiding going home. There's the old couple with the shopping basket. And then randomly there's a swan, which at that time was the thing that you were least likely to see. They had to ship that in and use a swan handler. Did they? Yes. They had to get it from a... I was going to say, that normally you find them in a canal wrapped in um, fishing line. Yeah. Or the queen's eating them. Well, the queen can eat swans. Do you know that? Yep. Oh, sorry. It's one of those things that everybody knows, isn't it, if you're British? They, you know, do you know that they count them every year? What? They're supposed to count them every year. No, it's crows. The swan has a, the, the queen has a swan counter. Really? Yep. A swan counter? Yep. Does he have... Maybe it's just on the Thames. <laughs> I don't know if I can know. Well, everyone knows that. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I just saw the, the fisherman. In fact, that fisherman, I reckon, it's got to be like the director or the AD undercover, isn't it? Because there's no way to cast a fisherman. <laughs> Um, I don't know if that's a comp shop. It's great. Yeah. The colour's just beautiful. Bodings ends of cream Manchester. And it's nice. Um, nobody reads out the, the product, you know. There's no no screaming pack shop. But if you look at it, you know, it's got lots of product clients, pleasers. How he lifts it out of his jacket because he shows you can get that, you know, in a can now. It's not always by the by the tap, I guess. It's very clever. And the, and the product itself in the pint glass looks amazing, doesn't it? it? It's got that kind of bright orangey. Well, that's what the widget does. It fizzes foam in on the top. Yeah. I really want one now. I haven't drunk this for three years, but just looking at it, it's very good. Yeah, it's just I look at the smooth guy at the beginning. He's like sat back. He's like, go fuck you, wankers. You know what I mean? He's like, doesn't give a shit. And she's got his sunglasses. Oh, that's hopeful, isn't it? Do you want to talk about, just talk about the craft of the cinematography because it is, um, it's deceptively simple, isn't it? It's shot super, super tight and then it goes wide. Well, I think, you know, the, the DP, who was the DP on it? I don't know who the DP is, sorry. It's um, because of the light. I mean, dappled light, soft light is you know, actually some of the best light you can get, but they've used it to their advantage. But you know, every single frame has something red in it. So it offsets that grey murkiness. Yeah. And like the mist. You go through it again, you'll see there's red flowers, the red poles, red roses, even if it's just a tiny little bit like in her, her shawl, which is funny because, you know, you'd expect to have mustard or, or yellow, wouldn't you? But it's beautiful. It, it's um, it's graded beautifully. And the lipstick is a great the touch. The lipstick is a great touch, yeah. But that end shot with the swan and the fisherman and the two people. I swear the, that they're and all the satanic mills in the background. The gondola nearly has him with his oar. Talk to me about the brand. Give us a give us um give us some points. Give us some scores on the doors. Um, the brand. It's got to be a five. Like, there is no other brand you could look at. Uh, so nothing you could look at and say, oh, that's for this or that. I'm with you so far. Craft. Talk to me about the craft. That's well. I mean, look in the art direction. We're talking. I mean, well, I know we're only looking at a TV ad. But just, you know, that again, and it's, it's funny because I think just the craft, it sounds ridiculous, was ahead of its time. Because if you look at it, it wasn't, it, you know, you don't look at it, the, the, the grade and the look doesn't date it, does it? It's just a, a really classy. You could definitely run that ad today absolutely. And, and not have any kind of problem with no, it at absolutely. all. I think um, the craft has got to be up there at five, considering, you know, the, the art on, uh, on the print as well. Casting. Casting. Well, if you were going to make it, would you change anyone? No, I think she's perfect. I think he could be anybody. Not oh, really bothered know. about him. I do like him because otherwise, if it's just all about her, then he's forgettable. It just becomes a woman in an ad and it could be, you know, for anything. The fact that within that commercial, you see him 
I'm well, you know, straight away, I think he's got the look where you go, wanker. But by the end, you actually like him, you know, because you feel sorry for him. I feel like I've seen him somewhere else, but he's got that sort of everyman look. No, he's great. I think um, that's got to be a 4.95 for casting. Only because possibly you're right, he could have changed. But he's got all the expression. He's great. Creativity. This is interesting, see, because when something borrows so heavily from another ad, is that the creative aspect? Or that's difficult. Um, I think as a layman, I could make the case that that's borrowed and improved. Oh, for sure. On the Carletto ad. You know, when we started with um, Old Spice, and you talk about creativity, I mean, that's scored really highly because it's creative. So is this, but in a very different sort of way. So uh, I've got to go 4.9. It's hard to fault, but when you you know it's up against everything else, would you like a calculator for that? No, I don't need a calculator for that, Tones. That is 19.85. That is the highest grade is it? that you have given any of the ads. This is ad currently, I think this is about ad number 21, and it's in at number one with a bullet. So the question is, if we hadn't reviewed the Cornetto one recently, wouldn't you think it would still be as impactful and interesting or would we be looking at it going, why is that? Oh, that's right. There's that Cornetto ad. Well, I had mentioned this to you a couple of months ago because I, I have a, a very fond memories of this ad. Mm. This is one of the ads that um, got me wanting to get involved in the industry. It was still groundbreaking at the time. Um, I think the idea of taking the piss out of a previous ad, I hadn't, I can't think of another ad that does that. No. Can you think of another ad? I'm just trying to think now. Um, no. Of course, you know, we will in 10 minutes after we stop recording, yeah. And also they, there was a, there were a couple of things, a couple of things that I love. They resisted rewriting the Cornetto song. So I, I'm thinking at some in a meeting at some stage, somebody will, would have gone, just one Boddington's, give it to me, or something along those lines, you know? And they didn't. So the original music the, uh, just plays the O Solo Mio written by Giovanni Caburo in 1898. Well, again, you know, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, Roll for Free, but I'm thinking it took us a very long time to try and remember what the lyrics were to the Cornetto. Yeah. So if you didn't have the word Cornetto in it, it really doesn't matter because all you remember is na, 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 na. that's all you need. 19.85 and completely deserving. All right, for a it, bonus point one, what was the tagline from 1987 until 1991? Get it down here. If you don't get bodies, you'll just get bitter. I said again, if you don't get bodies, you'll just get bitter. Under Whitbread's custodianship, the comedian Frankie Howard. Ooh. Oh! Oh, if you don't get bodies, you just get bitter. So it's been around a long time, Boddington's, hasn't it? And, but it was very much a Manchester beer in the same way, for instance, that Tetley's was a Leeds beer, Boddington's was a Manchester beer, and Boddington's obviously decided to get serious when they got bought out by Whitbread, I suspect. Um, so just to print out before we get, there was a scoop of ice cream, ice cream scoop. There was the teapot. Um, there was the Elvis quiff. And there was the ice cream cone. I've forgotten the Elvis quiff. Yeah. The teapot was a, uh, the ice cream scoop. And the cone was brilliant. Um, teapot struggling. There's the cream cheese and the slice. Yeah, you're right. I love they are brilliant. They're so, I mean, so well art directed. They've got to be up there with some of the best ever. Oh, I just got that one as well. There's a pint glass with an Indiana Jones... Um, whip wrapped around it because whipped cream. I'll put some of those into the YouTube uh, video that we'll put up on our YouTube channel. Fantastic. So, tell me, as a northerner, what name would you you have chosen if it wasn't Gladys Allthorpe? That's the only sticking point. Mm. What would it be? Quick, give me a northern name. Brenda. Brenda Higginbottom. Oh, see, Higginbottom. See, again, I wouldn't have believed there was anything called Higginbottom. Maybe Gladys Allthorpe was all right. Excellent. Thanks very much, Tones. Thank you, Stephen. There's another little enjoyable hop down memory lane. 
It was. They are such great. Uh, you forget, don't you? So, a rare episode without Discord this week, except, of course, for Ireland's best-selling solo musical artist going off on one. I suspect that we haven't heard the last of the woman who has turned his royal hegatiness against us. Anyway, thanks for listening, pod people. We'd love to know what your favourite ads are, and if you can be asked, drop us a line to steve at welcometoepic.com and we'll do a review of one for you. In the meantime, be safe, be kind, and remember, when lockdown ends and you find yourself out and about, in a little crowd perhaps, maybe at a house party, who knows, you're going to look around and wherever you are, there's always going to be a good-looking one and a weird one. And if you can't pick out the weird one, then you're the weird one. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.